These were exciting times. We had moved to La Jolla, California from Palm Springs, ready to start our new business. But back in 1974, before you could start any business, you had to have a phone line with a phone number. And we couldn't get the phone number until they installed the phone line. And I was waiting there in the store for the phone company to show up and connect up our line. You couldn't order business cards. You couldn't print stationery. We couldn't put ads in the phone book that was coming out. We couldn't put a sign on our vehicle saying the name of our company with our phone number. We had to have that phone number. And as the phone company installer came, he would give me a preview of one of the lessons that would pay the biggest benefits throughout the years. Risk and commitment is what this show is about. We had taken a very big risk. I had quit my job as a union projectionist in Palm Springs, California. I had worked for the last six months from 80 to 100 hours a week, saving every penny I could until I had amassed a savings of about $10,000, a lot of money back then. My father had uh, retired early from teaching high school. He was only 55. He got a little pension of about $360 a month, a far cry from the $1,600 he had been getting before. So this was a risk indeed for us to start our business, but we were committed. We had given up everything where we were, and this is a new town. Exciting for everybody. We worked on our store. It was a store building on La Jolla Boulevard with great traffic. It was an old storefront building, small, no bathroom, no heater, no air conditioning, and the roof leaked. But the location was good, and we were excited about it. Well, pretty soon there was a knock at the back door, and the phone installer came in, a young man, and he started running the wire connections, and he asked about our business we were opening. He was quite interested in security systems. He says, well, I've been kind of interested in that, but I don't have too much to worry about. I, I've got uh, a lot of guns. I got a fortress in my, in my house, and if somebody breaks into my house, they better wish they hadn't done it. I got a 50 caliber machine gun in my bedroom. Well, I found this story incredible, but I respected the man and listened to him as if I believed every word he said. And while he was working, I noticed he using little wire connectors that I had used when I worked for another company for a few months. And I asked him where they got those because I couldn't find them anywhere. And he says, oh, we get them on our wholesale supplier. I says, oh, I wish I could find them someplace. But then he went on with the stories. And the longer he worked, the more fantastic his stories got. And the more I seemed to listen intently as he told them, it seemed to egg him on. Pretty soon, his bedroom had a one-inch thick steel door on it to keep intruders out. All of his windows had bars, and then his front door had a one-inch steel plate in front of it. Then finally, he said when he was nearing the end, he says, I don't, I don't really need the money. I only work here at the phone company for something to do. Every year, in fact, I take the whole crew with me to Switzerland to go skiing. Well, I says, that's wonderful. That's very great. When he was done working, I thanked him and he went out the back door. But a few seconds later, he came back in the door and walked up to me and handed me a small box. And there in the box was 1,000 of these little wire connectors I had asked him about. He says, here, you can have this. I'll pay for it. I says, wow, thanks a lot. That was quite a bit of money in that little box. So this taught me that you have to respect everyone and listen to them 
as if they are the most important person you know. And because I had done that to this young man, he'd showed his appreciation, which I was not expecting. And this came about later on as I had opened up our, our business. We had a little showroom and thought that this showroom would entice people to come inside and see the different kinds of security systems that we had and thereby buy them. Unfortunately, about the only people that came into our showrooms were people who were deceptive and pretending to be interested in what we had until they then began their sales pitch to try to sell us something, which was just pretty much the way it was. But one day, a young couple pulled up in a very dilapidated pickup truck right in front of our little store, and the wife got out. She was very large, but friendly, a young girl, probably in her 20s. And her husband, who looked like he had just fallen off of the turnip truck, came into our office and was looking at the displays. And I then proceeded to show them everything that we had and answer all their questions and took my time with them. And then they finally asked, well, how expensive are they? And I told them, well, the cheapest is probably in a thousand dollars on up to three or four thousand, which in today's dollars would have been anywhere from four thousand to five thousand dollars. Obviously, these people did not appear to be able to afford something this expensive. But I listened to them and answered them politely. And then they says, well, thank you. And they turned and left and drove away. I thought that was the end of that. So to my surprise, a week later, the girl calls me back and says, could you come to our home and give us a a bid on our security system? We're building the house and we need it done pretty soon before the walls are closed in. I says, okay. I went there, and to my surprise, yes, they were building the house, a very large, modern, new house. Apparently, this young couple had just inherited a few million dollars from her parents who had passed away, and they were about to leave on a three-week vacation to Hawaii and wanted to get this security system finalized before the walls were closed in on the new construction. When I got done estimating, it came to, I think, about $3,600. So we signed the deal. And then before I left, she says, you know, the reason we chose your company is that you're the only one who would listen to us and paid us much attention when we came to talk to you. So that's why we went with you. Well, that's something that sunk in that I haven't forgotten. Obviously today, a long time since. And that little lesson paid off for me in the future over and over again. As our company continued to grow, the rewards became even larger and larger. But of course, it was not always that way. Sometimes, a lot of times, people would just plain waste your time. I had a um, middle-aged mechanic, big burly guy that would come there who was, uh, had a very heavy Polish accent, and he would bring his mother who didn't speak English, and he would talk to me about two hours at a time about security systems for his home asking all kinds of questions over and over. And then, of course, he had to translate between each answer to his mother. And they they would just go on and on, usually long after closing time. And this happened, and then it happened again. And I spent another two hours talking to him about security systems and relays, and he had so many questions. Well, I never heard back from him until probably a year later and found out he had bought a security system from somebody else. So you don't always profit, but then you never know. You always treat everyone as if they're the most important person you know. It was about a year after that 
that somebody came in the front door. He stood there and says, what you got? He was an older man with uh, tattered clothes. He looked like he had literally crawled out from a dumpster. I remember he had a worn out leather belt that had broken. It was hanging by a thread in front of him. And he's asking questions about alarms. And he says, uh, how much they cost? And I would tell him this was about this much. And this thing usually costs this much per window and, and so forth. And she, he's finally, he said, well, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. He says, yeah, probably so. Um, but our prices I knew were pretty reasonable compared to most of our competition. Well, he's turned halfway and started to walk out the door. And I thought, uh, that was enough of that. But he stopped and shoved his hand down in his pocket, pulled out a piece of the paper, a little card, and handed it to me. He says, can you come by today at four? Sure, sure. He says, I want you to give me a price on my home. Here, it's on Prospect in La Jolla. Well, there are no inexpensive homes in La Jolla, California. La Jolla, which usually translates to the jewel, is the most expensive area of all of San Diego. It's a beautiful place. So I knew this person must have had some money from somewhere. Now on his card, it said, Dr. Philman, retired optometrist. I went to his house. I gave him an estimate. He wanted the works. It took three of us five days to install his alarm system. It was close to $5,000, one of the largest residential jobs I'd ever done. You cannot judge a person by what they look like and what they sound like. You must always always treat them as if they're the most important person you know. So that's what I have to say today. This lesson would be learned and relearned in the future in much, much larger ways, which we'll talk about in future podcasts. But for now, thank you. This is Stanley Diaz. Until next week. Bye.